Hi, it's Claire. Before we start the episode, I wanted to introduce our guest who graciously agreed to join us for yet another insightful conversation. Thanks so much for joining us, Manny. Everyone knows me, Sabrina. So I'm Sarah. Um, so I'm Claire and yeah, really, just really nice to chat with people uh, who have a shared understanding of what we went through in HE. Some of us have been there shorter and longer than others, but I feel like ultimately we have a shared understanding, which is always nice. And yeah, so today we have a returning guest, which is very exciting. We have Manny with us today. No, thank you for, uh, for inviting me back. Uh, so, and, and also I remember that discussion that we had with Sabrina and and you, Claire, and that was, that was, that was good. That was crazy. Um, because I think, um, I think from that, that last discussion I had with y'all on this, platform i think i ended up writing like a gist of my paper that i've been working on oh cool yeah yeah. and and which i will i'll be presenting in las vegas like next in a couple months time so it created the basis that's Um, that's awesome yeah because when i guess through conversations when you learn not about you learn stuff you know what i mean and it's through talking with one another get engaging in the dialogue with one with one another that what is that called like you know we we, we build and uh and so uh yeah it's it good it was it was really good and it's also it's it's a uh, can i just say it's awesome to see sarah share as well because yeah like, <laughs> when, I, when i used so to good work to you. I, yeah. I don't know I, I i can't really explain what money is to me like he's a he was my teacher Luckily, yes. then through <laughs> my undergrad, through my master's, then such a great mentor and colleague. So very, very grateful to have you. No, it's cool. It's it's it's, it's awesome because uh, uh, because you're. Can I just say, Sarish is one of the best students on the course. Uh, so, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no one will be so no one can hear my blush but I'm, i am yeah so, like, <laughs> so, uh, so this it, is actually it's a really cool reunion because because we all met like through hallam like uh, when mm-hmm. during that time and and it's cool to connect and and as sabrina said it's like a reunion of sort well it is a reunion in that so it is yeah yeah uh, all by digital yeah for sure I was just wondering like the theme that has been on my mind is so for example I was in I was in Boston twice this past year but then most recently I was there for a wedding and it just kind of made me realize wow everyone can understand me everyone gets my references I'm not like a novelty and you know even when I'm in London people are like oh my god and I don't think where are you from is like okay whatever I can deal with that but it's like let me hear your life story like why are you here it's like I don't think people ask that to be malicious but it really makes you question I have settled here for like nearly seven years but it's still something about it just feels like and I met wonderful people like you all of you but like what 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 is it and then um when I touched down in Boston I saw the subway map I was like oh memories there 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 and then when I touched down in Korea it also what it was like similar feeling of home but to be honest even in Korea when I'm not with like my family and friends I, I like there's something about it that isn't like quite right and obviously I feel like if I ever go back to Boston or even another state, it'll probably feel like a new country because all 50 states in the U.S. are quite different. So I don't even know what home is anymore. I know it's a very privileged problem to have, 
but just wanted to hear your reflections on it. So I'll pass it on to whoever wants to reflect next. I don't know, I could go on forever about <laughs> this. Maybe, maybe someone else wants to go first, but I, I, this is like one of my, I don't know, favorite things to talk about, actually. Oh, good time. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm interested uh, in this in this topic of home and uh and i'm just gonna throw it out here and because the way that sarish is smiling about home makes me and i'm just gonna be critical off the go and see where we go right? <laughs> yeah do it because <laughs> <laughs> uh um people have notions of home and i, I always think it, it's symbolic of a sense of belonging yeah belonging and it's it, and it's an enchanting notion that you can go home and as Claire, as you were explaining, you can, uh, you don't have to use, there's codes and signifiers that makes it easy to communicate associated with familiar, familiarity. Um, but then when I think of home or notions of belonging or notions of community, and it, um, there was this chap at uh, Leeds, University of Leeds, who argued that community could be paradise as, as we, or as we as you know as we smile about home and, and things are familiar and, and we don't have to make that effort, but it also could be hell at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. So yeah. like, uh, and so I'm just throwing it out there when I think of home because I like like yourself, Claire. Like I go back to California, but it's been 20 years. I've been living. I haven't lived in California for 20 years. So there's. I, there's stuff that is lovely. It's like I can feel the enchantment. It feels there, there's not that much effort in communicating things. But then there's not, then it was like, oh, that's the reason why I left. That's the reason why I, don't, I can't live here anymore. So, so I'm just throwing that. I'm just throwing that out there just because you, you talk about home. It's it's it, it could be paradise, but at the same time it could be hell. So I'm just throwing. So where is home for you then, Manny, at the moment? Um, uh, I was about to burst out a cliche, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> do it. I think, I think I know what you were about to say. Do it. <laughs> but I, I think for, uh, home, home for me is Sheffield. Home, Sheffield uh, is home. This is where this is where I've been for the yeah. I've been here for twenty years already. When I was a student in studying, so like friends, family, kids, local schools, Yorkshire water. Um, it's, just, it's this. This is home. And when we, and then when people say like, if when I, when I talk to my, uh, uh, my folks in the Philippines or I talk to folks in California or in the States, so Manny, when you, when you're going to visit home, I'm like, uh, I'm already, I, I straight up say it, I'm at home already. I'm in Sheffield, yo. And I'm going to, I'll come and visit y'all. Cause you know, like you, my siblings and all that, but like, I, this is my home. Uh, um, I even got the, the new, blue passport to, to prove it you know what I mean <laughs> so um yeah I mean I, I, I like to vibe with what you guys uh uh or uh, uh what you guys' perceptions and and uh and see see what you guys elaborate on home and see where we go and when we're chopping it up because like uh, obviously I, I gave you I gave you my 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 thoughts but I would like to hear Sarish's thoughts because I kind of like put it like a damper on what home is <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. It was good. It made me really think, and I was kind of jotting some of my thoughts oh, down. I was just uh, the class student like, mode on. 
<laughs> no, to be honest, I think I totally agree with Manny's feelings about when you've settled down somewhere and you've made and you've kind of made yourself a home um, and mm. um, yeah. physically the home that you've made yourself. Um, you feel like, okay, you settle down, you, you have your own, in my case, family as well and um, the surroundings that you're gotten used to, you feel like that has become your home. But I personally think, I don't think like home has to be located in a particular location. It's not necessarily bound to a place. It can also be chopped up in little bits and be somewhere else. Or I feel like it can also highlight a home in a different timeline or a different space. Um, uh, Ooh, I feel very abstract. <laughs> when I go back to Germany there's lots of things or lots of situations that make me feel like I'm home but then again like many said there's sometimes things like oh my god I just want to go back I want to go back to Sheffield I want to go back to my home but I feel like there's some sort of nostalgia connected to the place where you grew up and I think whenever I go to Göttingen which is the city that I went to college with and my sister actually still lives there so that's um particularly useful so whenever I go and visit her I feel really happy whereas my my um my childhood home my my parents don't live there anymore they moved away so I don't go to my city of birth anymore because I, I visit because it's close to getting in but it feels strangely empty because my, my parents don't live there anymore I feel like a tourist there it's beautiful and I've got lots of memories I go there I feel really wonderful but the people that I, I knew there were, weren't there anymore so people also make a home so the people that you know the surroundings that you know and I feel like that's what was really weird I went to that city and I was so excited like my birth city and then no one was there the house wasn't there that I, I went to our old house and I was stood outside and it was really sad because oh this used to be my home but it doesn't feel like home anymore and then I think if I go back way back I feel like this whole topic of home always resonated to me because I think it was the first time I think it was I think it was around 10 years old when I went to when when my, my parents said to me oh we're going to go to Pakistan and you're going to meet your cousins and your lots of lots of family and I was really excited because it was my first time going I think I was around 10 years old and the reason I was so excited was because I always I was always asked, oh, when are you going to go back home? And I was like, well, I am home in Germany. And then are you going to go back home? And, and I, I, I was always startled because why are people asking me to go back home? Because Pakistan is not my home. I've never been there. I've never lived there. So how is that my home? But because of my identity, it was associated to be going back to where I came from, basically. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't come from there. So when I went there... I was strangely treated by my cousins to be the foreign girl and the Westerner. Even though I was Asian or Pakistani, I was like, and, and people assumed me to be like very, very arrogant, actually. They thought that I would be very arrogant and very, I would look down on them and I would, I don't know, have lots of money in my pocket and just be like really strange perception. So this kind of was the starting point of when I started to think about home. And it has evolved over the years. So when I moved to Sheffield, I feel like 
I had to make myself home first. I was always feeling really weird because I didn't get any Yorkshire accent. It's very difficult to understand. <laughs> I know you're all laughing. You've got your mic muted so no one can hear it. <laughs> but uh, I was afraid to talk to people because I couldn't understand them. And I was highly offended when, when the bus driver called me love even though that's a really normal thing to do here because in German, if you call someone love, it's kind of that you're hitting on them. So again, coming back to where you're all laughing, it's funny to not hear your laugh. It's so weird. Anyways, I'm going to cut my story short, but what I'm trying to say is home doesn't just happen overnight. It, it develops and it, for me for me of course everyone's got their own sorts of feelings about home but and um I feel like you can you can't always just say this is my home or this will be my home I feel like it's very it's very ambiguous very it's got so many dynamics I feel like home for me is very emotional it's it's a it's very it's connected to my emotion um because now living I think how long do I live here now eight years nine years nine years it's been nine years in Sheffield we actually my husband and I were thinking that maybe for more opportunities because we've got kids now we should move down south we were actually considering it we didn't do it because we just felt like it wouldn't be the right it wouldn't be home it wouldn't feel like home because we visit sometimes and we've just gotten so used to the people here and the warmth and the friendliness. I honestly think people in Yorkshire are so, so kind, honestly, just generally kind. I've, I've met so many, just, just kindness, just, just everyday kindness, everyday. I wouldn't say it's politeness. It's just, I feel like warmth makes a home and a place that is like, just, just takes you in its arms and makes you feel really comfortable and really happy. I'm just wondering, do all of you call like your our respect I don't even know how to call it our like respective home countries in quotations the motherland because I have definitely within like my community of like Asian Americans will be like, yo, when are you going to the motherland? Because it's just like so much easier because it's not like quote unquote home to us anymore. In that's like another topic. And um so, Sarah, you brought up many definitions of home. Yeah, like, where is your home physically? That has, like, a different meaning than where do you feel home, like, nostalgically. And it's, like, very weird. The longer you're isolated, you live away from the place where you grew. So, I didn't grow up in Boston as an adult. I did all my growing up in when I moved back to the motherland as an adult and then in the UK. So, I view it with nostalgia classes. That being said, it's like I love the family I have in Korea, but I'm not sure if I can live there. And I, I believe that the UK is easier to live in in terms of like taxes and healthcare and all that jazz. Um, but I do, you know, and maybe this is my nostalgia glasses. I do feel like Boston is more fun and diverse to live in. But, you know, for many years, I wouldn't even entertain the thought of relocating because I'm like scared of racism in the US. And that's like the other wrench is that you can you yourself as an individual can consider a home nostalgically or whatever your home, but then obviously other people don't agree with your definition. It really like tampers with your viewpoint of whether 
you should consider your home or not because you know for like a long time I was always like oh no Boston's my hometown but oh I don't know if that's it's just technically my hometown I don't think I associate with it and it wasn't until like very recently I was like you know what I shouldn't have to hide behind the fear of racism to consider whether that's my hometown or not I know that's like very sad to say but it's a reality that we have to like live with sometimes so just want to throw that two wrenches in there to see if that impacts your definitions of home it's such a heavy topic uh, unlike you guys I was actually born in the UK so when I travel home it's not catching flights anywhere it is just hopping on the train I would say I have a really kind of sensitive relationship with the concept of home I don't you know when you try everyone's touched on something that makes a lot of sense I think into when I refer to home as in Wolverhampton I always have to kind of make it clear that it's the Wolverhampton home I think that stopped kind of that being or my relationship with that kind of being home it fades every year that I spend in Sheffield to the point where I think I have like a real strong hate towards my house. And it's, I think it comes back to the point that Sarah made, like when you associate your house with kind of the people that are in it. And then once those people aren't really there, it's not, it doesn't feel like your house anymore. It doesn't feel like your home. Cause I moved away from Sheffield in 2014. I mean, away from Wolverhampton in 2014. That was the year that I lost my mom. So every time I made the journey back home after that, it just, my head just couldn't get used to the idea of being in the house and then my mom not being in the house. And then the house has been redecorated over the years. So do you know, like when I go home, I feel like a guest. It just doesn't, and it's quiet. Like the house is silent. Like it's just a really kind of weird feeling being there. But I get the best sleep ever in that house, which is weird. Because sometimes I can stay up late in Sheffield, but anytime I go in Wolverhampton, it's like lights out and I don't wake up like I can sleep for hours in that house. Um, like I get way too much sleep. It's like I always kind of want to sleep when I'm there. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of feeling is just with that house is just it's like a weird one. And then I find like you guys, the more time I spend in Sheffield, the more it kind of classified as home and like. Sometimes when I get the urge to be back in Wolverhampton, it's like as soon as I get off the train, it's just like, ugh, I'm here. And then I count down the days till I get until I get back. And it's like Sheffield has become like my comfort home. So like if I'm in Wolverhampton and I just have a disagreement with someone or I'm just tired of being there, like it's I've done what I've needed to do. It's like the countdown to me going back to Sheffield. And if I've decided I'm going back on a certain day, I will get anxiety if the trains are delayed, if it snows, if there's anything preventing me going back from Sheffield on the day that I want to go back. I get very stressed out being in Wolverhampton, just being another day, even though there might be no reason for the feeling, just the fact that I am not going home when I said I wanted to go home just causes me unease. Um, One of the reasons why I can't wait to drive is so I can take myself there and back when I want because you know when you go home you want to break and you want to relax but I find that I'm playing catcher like I get stressed out going back to Wolverhampton thinking oh, I need to see this person on this day I need to see this person on this day how far apart do they live I'm wasting time traveling I could be seeing people in the time that I'm traveling and everyone wants to see me and then you just get overwhelmed and it's just like just want to come back and just do nothing but then 
it might be another month before I get to go back again. So it's like, oh, let me just get on with it and go and see who I need to see and do what I need to do. So yeah, that's kind of a weird feeling. And then in Sheffield, even though I classify this as my home, I think until I physically own a house, it won't be my home. It's like my brain has told me that until I physically have a house and I can do whatever I want to it. And that is my space. It's like it cannot be my home. But then I have a lot of like possessions that are from my like childhood home because I never moved as a kid. We lived in the same house and the house is still there. I still have my, uh, my key from when I was a teenager. Like it is <laughs> the house, my art piece is like on my uh, my house. So, yeah, there's a lot that kind of ties me to the house. Um a weird um, feeling with that one itself. Um, but then lately I've been thinking about Jamaica because my dad my dad was born in Jamaica. He came to England when he was 11. My And he was the only one of his siblings that were born in Jamaica, so one of five. And then my mom is, she was one of, no, one of five, but she was the first one of my granddad's kids in the UK. So I've got an auntie that's, got a different dad to the rest of my um, my aunties and she grew up in Jamaica but my mum was the first one of my granddad's four daughters that was born in England so both him and my nanda were both born in Jamaica and then my dad went there recently this year he went with my brother and my uncles and I wasn't really I don't really have like a, a love or an attachment to the country um, my housemate her dad um, born and bred in Jamaica and she used to go all the time when she was younger so she has the love for the country and she'll always talk to me about it and how like it's a great place to go to and everyone that I know that's been never always loved it and says once you go you feel that real attachment and it was my brother's first time going this year with my dad and he said the same thing I've never really wanted to go apart from when I was younger I've never really wanted to go to Jamaica until I saw my brother there and just saw how much fun he was having but I don't think I would go unless my brother went, which is which is weird because I don't really have an urge to go anywhere with my, with my brother like that. But in terms of going to Jamaica, I would love to go with him. And then my dad was just talking about like all the land that they've got over there and kind of you don't really know what our what our grandparents kind of went through until you actually see what started within Jamaica and kind of how they built what they have in England from nothing so I'm kind of drawn to that kind of figuring out what that means as like the motherland when people talk about it but then there's the whole notion that Jamaica was it was what it was it's a product of slavery like we're not even Jamaican we're African that were taken and um as slaves and Jamaica was what colonized I don't even know the history due to that's how crazy it is like there's such a divide between Jamaican uh, Jamaican people and African people and um, I think we touched on this in one of um, I think it was an identity episode or, or a heritage episode there's like a bit of a divide between the two cultures and my perspective is it is that kind of we're kind of looked down upon as kind of like you're the ones with the no culture you don't have um, much in identity there's not really much of a tradition like when you see some of the kind of the arguments that go on online and kind of about Jamaicans and Africans but then if you dig into history we're all African and we were all we were taken as slaves and that is what Jamaica is a product of slavery they benefited off so many plantations over there and then all of the stuff with the Rindrush and how they got treated in England after all of that so kind of just listening to different things through um 
like different podcasts I've been listening to online and then kind of how my family is proud to be from Jamaica but then it's like if we were to really dig into it like who are we and where were we from because my auntie did um this family tree thing and she traced my nan's um dad's side of the family back to the Middle East because my um, nan's dad was Syrian so it's just like where are we actually from because we've got people that are Syrian and we're in Jamaica but we're from Africa like where did we actually our roots originate from and then Miketi is a Scottish last name the concept of home I think as soon as I step out of the bubble of England which is the home of I've only known it's just like it's a it's like just a tangled web of kind of where do you come from even though as I said thank you so much Sabrina that was so so good honestly I could could have gone on listening that was so interesting thank you so much for this there were so many things where I was just like nodding I was like oh yeah 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 when I go home and everyone wants to see me and I've got like this massive schedule of like oh I need to go there I need to go there and then it doesn't feel like home anymore it just feels like some rigid appointments and then you just want to come actually back home <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm, I'm really sorry I have to go um as I said in the beginning I've got two little children and it's evening time and it's sleep time and I can hear them from afar I'm trying to not listen <laughs> but um I'm needed and my baby who is nine months old is now really tired so I have to go thank you so much for this um it kind of reminded me of what I'm so passionate about and I really somehow want to get back to it at some point when I'm when I have time <laughs> when I'm not changing nappies <laughs> when you Sabrina just to connect what you were saying about Jamaica and um product of slavery I think that is I think these nuances of home, um, these nuances of racism, of what, what what Claire touched upon, it's 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 so much more subtle than we actually think. If I started to think about it once you st- all start to talk about it, because home, as I said in the beginning, oh, why aren't you go? Why aren't you going back home? Like, who who are you to tell me where my home is? Just because I I look Asian to you, you don't even know where I'm from. Um, where are you from? That question, of course, um, and um, something that just really something that I thought about once um, Sabrina talked about Jamaica and its history was I had one, I had this encounter uh, in the office at Hallam with a lady who normally doesn't talk to me and uh, she she's not she wasn't part of my team but she said because our office was huge and there was various teams in the office and uh, we had this casual chat in the kitchen I know Manny you're just physically trying to think about that office right now <laughs> at the kitchen uh, I can see you smiling um and I was having this chat with this lady and she never talked to me before. And I, I felt like she didn't like me, but then I was like, oh, Sarah, she's just reading into things. And then I just casually started talking about um, myself and that I'm doing a graduate internship. And she was like, oh, that's really good for you. Bloody, bloody bar. And then we had a bit of a small talk. And then um, I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going back home uh, soon. And I didn't realize until I said it that I meant Germany. And I didn't think about it. And I was like, oh, stop. And like my brain was like, oh, stop. She's not going to get it because I've got brown skin and I've got hijab on. So she's not going to think about that. And then I was like, I need to clarify that. In my brain, I was telling myself, uh, yeah, I'm going back home, Germany. And she was, uh, her face, 
I, I don't know how to describe it, but she her face went blank and she was confused. And I understand her confusion. But then I was like, yeah, I was born and raised in Germany. And then uh, she was like, oh, but you're not German. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm German. And, and then I understood, like, I really wanted to annoy her afterwards because I was being a bit mean. Uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm from, I'm, I'm German. I've got a German passport. Uh, and then she was like, yeah, but she, and I could hear it. She didn't say it, but I think she meant, oh, but you don't look German because looking German means you you have to be white and have blonde hair and blue eyes. Uh, and that was so interesting. And I know she didn't mean to be mean, I think. That's what it is about racism. It's just so subtle. It's so, it's not even that, it's not even there to, to yeah, malicious as the word that you used, Claire, in the beginning. I, I don't know that, 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 encounter just always stuck to me I just felt like I wanted to think about that because it just was so deep like okay I I have a home but I don't have a home so am I homeless like wait sir do you remember the North Korea thing when I was like I went home and the lady was like oh do you mean North Korea (laughs) it's like well my country was divided by you white colonizers and people in Britain don't even know the history and I find it weird that she told you like about Pakistan like are are you joking do you not know the history I'm so sorry to interrupt I just had to say that bit because it's so infuriating to me so go ahead Pakistan Pakistan, again same same like same like North and South Korea but Pakistan would exist if, if Britain had ruled uh, the Ooh, Indian Peninsula for, for, for 200 years and and I recently because it was just two weeks ago it was its 75th I think anniversary of independence from the British Raj and I was watching this documentary about it and I, it just actually made me think because there's so many messed up things about independence that happened with the Britain but no one knows about it because we don't teach it in our schools we rather teach about George the fifth and Henry the fourth because that's so relevant to today I mean no no disrespect to the history but what I'm saying is we need to learn about things that are happening today or that are actually impacting today's world that we know about people and their notions of home and we are such a diverse society now but sometimes I feel like are we actually in 2022 feels like we're in 1950 so okay I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop but I really have to go I'm so sorry and uh, thank you so much Manny I really want to catch up with you and I know you're such a busy person yeah no, it's <laughs> all hopefully good. I can do that next time <laughs> no it was great yeah. it was great seeing great catching up and and thank you for uh, for sharing some stuff uh, that's going to make me think. I'm always, yeah, I'm always thinking. <laughs> thank you so much and have a great discussion. And I will listen to it afterwards. And from me, I'm tuning out. Goodbye. Uh, I'm just going to, ma- can I just manifest my thinking and just voice it Yes, out? just shut it up. <laughs> I guess there's a few things. I guess one is different varying interpretations of what home is. So it's not actually, it could be geography, it could be familial, it could be regarding our relationships to another person. And also like what what Sabrina and I guess where all three of you went to in terms of like race and stuff. And it's making me think that white, you know, like white supremacy when it emerged. Is, is part of the is part of, is part of the global order and structuring of lives and at a global scale, not just it'll it'll manifest differently in different contexts as it would be in Korea or the UK or or even from Sheffield to Wolverhampton, like when when Sabrina was talking about Wolverhampton, I just my mind was attached to the Enoch Powell Rivers of Blood speech, yeah, where basically after he made that speech, how many how many folks from uh, uh, with you know uh, from Jamaican descent who would live in the UK split off and left yeah after he said that uh, but of course as as um 
as a uh, Sarah was saying, we we're not we 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 may not have come across that in like uh, the history curriculum of uh, <laughs> the national curriculum or anything about partition, or the fact that in in the land of uh, uh, Jamaica or even in Pakistan, like Jamaica, for instance, you, you, we have to recognize that there was an indigenous population before, like. Uh, the colonialists ripped it ripped it all apart, and 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 thought and conjured the idea of chattel slavery. So it, it's just in my understanding of history. Sorry, we're talking about home because like and and particular like Jamaica, Bermuda, that was the crown jewel of the British Empire. That's what you know. That was it. Wasn't like North America or Canada. It was those islands that made flipping empire. So what I was going to say, yes, one of the things that uh, Claire that you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned and and it kind of is no matter where no matter where I'm at in different contexts it's never going to be home or I'm never people are going to question my belongingness in the in the place so I can be in the Philippines but they know that I'm not even if I don't even say a word in Tagalog or, or, or the language they know I'm not from there by the way I walk and the way I move yeah they know I'm a foreigner and uh, in California, I was born and raised in California. You're all, yeah, it's California, quote unquote, liberal, lefty, whatever. But it's still, you get exposed to racism because of the way that the communities are segregated. I mean, uh, only so many, like five miles where I was born, there was a place uh, um, like a, like a, it's called, um, it's called Pebble Beach. You know, for, for those who are listening in California who live in Pebble Beach, it's a quite exclusive area, a gated community that on its charter and incorporation paperwork, they only wanted white Anglo-Saxon Protestants to own homes in that place. All right. So, I mean, so that's, that's California. Um, and then in the UK, we can, we can talk about this true the UK, but UK is the epitome is one of the founders of the, of this, of this global order that connected Ray connected white supremacy and capitalism and, and put that all together. Um, and so like, and, and we live in the metropole, we live here and trying to negotiate where and we're talking about home. It's, it's funny because we're all talking about home and we're all not folks who live in this, who not live in this, but people who, who have these kind of traditional notions of British and citizenship would not consider, would consider us other rather than being included within that, within that portrait of, um, of, of the of, of the United Kingdom. So it, it is fascinating that we're talking about home when uh, particularly in this space because this is one of these kind of like undercommon spaces where we, I feel is safe and secure to talk about this and, and be authentic. Whereas when we're out there in the workplace or even though we could be in Sheffield where I just said earlier that I consider home, I got to watch what I say because I'm not going to be safe or secure. Not watch what I say, but I always got to be cognizant of how I move in, in the city. Like I purposely have my headphones on when I'm on the tram or when I'm walking down the street. So I, I don't have to hear a whiff if someone makes a racist remark while I'm walking down the road. Or um, it's, it's just one of those kind of things how we move around. So it's making me question what home is. I usually associate home with safety, security. I know sometimes it annoys me the 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 state, the home, <laughs> as I said at the beginning. But there's a sense of just being you and being it just being without doing, like having to wear a mask. Because at the home, that's where you can take off the mask, right? So yeah, I'm I'm tripping because like I don't know whether or not someone I don't know where a home is in terms of what you, of this global order right supremacy. Yeah, and even the places that we we supposedly should call home, I don't. We're we're always told by the locals there. 
like the Philippines, I'm not there. That 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 that's not my home. So like I don't know where I'm at, dude. <laughs> but I, think I have a question. Though. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get your riff on. Yeah. Well, no, I have a question for you both. Well, Sabrina and I don't have kids yet, but you know, I've always been envious of, and I don't like the word envious or jealousy because it implies negativity. But I was just like happy envious for friends who have like their childhood homes, like their parents are there for years and years. Like this is my childhood bedroom. Like, oh man, that's so nice. Your nostalgia is neatly contained in one place. I'm, I'm not saying that to be derogatory at all like I genuinely felt envious so just curious Sabrina when you have kids or Manny you have kids do you intend on providing that space for your kids or like how do you plan on providing that space for your kids like that (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) I'm trying to work out I need to define what home is for me because if I can't define it for myself then I can't define it or make it a space for my future kids the theme that I kind of get from all the different interpretations we have of what home is is the place that we feel the most comfort and at ease and as a student I've lived in lots of different kind of I've lived in lots of different student accommodations as well as still traveling and back home to Wolverhampton and for me my bedroom's always kind of been my comfort space and I always go out of my way to make sure that my bedroom is comfortable but I feel yeah home is kind of where you feel the most at ease or the most kind of comfort like Gemma was like I'm at home here it is kind of like a feeling more so than a physical thing that you kind of go back to so I think for my kids it's just creating a space where they do feel at home and they feel like they can relax and be at ease in that environment because as they get older, the concept of home might change for them. We, we really don't know what things might look like. So as long as wherever they are, they feel at ease and at peace and safe, then that is the home that I'll provide. Can I, can I riff off that really quick? Just because like, uh, like I'm already having conversations with uh, my oldest, who's eight. We're already having conversations about race and just hearing like he know he understands racial hierarchy already and so like how do i explain like so me and i'm still you know we're i'm talking to my to my partner as well about this is how do we talk have that talk you know the talk about this yeah because i wasn't expecting at eight years old i was going to have this chat but obviously he recognizes the racial hierarchy and 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 understands that because of his skin color that he can't he can't be considered white and so like it's it's one of those things that that is that thing where i is is having that talk but also letting him recognize that it, what home is like home is in the edifice of our house we'll give him safety regards to regards to about racial hierarchy but out there in school this conversation i don't know i didn't know this conversation about home was going to be i'm going to be talking about this about the talk about about having that talk with your child but it's one of those things that you want to ensure safety, security, and belonging to to your to your young ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, where, uh, where where this goes, uh, depending on what you guys are thinking about this. Sorry, I threw that in there, but like, oh goodness me. No, I think that is so many different kind of things that are in that, and you know, when I'm trying to keep it on the on the topic. My first point is, it's crazy how when we think of the talk that we have to give kids it's usually just to do with kind of growing up which every single person has to do but for people of color 
there's another talk that you have to have that only people of colour have to have, and that is how to navigate the damn world because the colour of your skin means that we have to navigate it. Not slightly different, but a lot different to how the majority of people or the majority of your peers will have to navigate it. And it's not a conversation that you can just have with anybody. And it's like, I don't have kids and it's not a conversation that I really want to think about how to have with kids. Cause you know, when it's just like, if you've ever, my goddaughter's 10 and just explaining to her kind of basic English or maths or helping her with her homework. I'm thinking, how do I kind of dumb this down for a kid to understand? Cause to me, five times five, is 25 but you've got to explain it in a way that a child that age understands well she probably doesn't I don't know if she knows her timetable at that age it's been <laughs> but yeah those are things that are easy concepts to explain to a child but when it comes to race and a sense of belonging in an environment which for all their life or for the whole 10 years have been alive has been safe for them and we're going to kind of throw a spanner in the works and say, well, this environment isn't what it is. It's just like when you're trying to digest that as an adult and still figure out how you navigate that as an adult, how do you have these conversations with your little person to kind of tell them, well, you've got to suit up and boot up because you've got to get with the program because I'm still learning. You've got to learn too. And it's a doggy dog world out there. So it's, it is, it's scary. It is actually scary. And I think taking it back to what Manny said before about Britain has had such an impact globally and we're all kind of talking about home, but we all still live here. It's like it's created this suffocating bubble where when you look at the rest of the world, we do kind of have a decent deal here. Like it's not as bad as it could be. There's a lot of privileges that come with just being British alone. Even if you're a person of colour, there is a certain level of privilege that you get just for holding British citizenship like if we were in another country and there was natural disaster one thing you can count on the UK for is they're going to get all their UK people back to say oh 10 Britons survived this event and they're coming home unless you're 10 black people or 10 people of color that have gone missing oh don't even go there you've got the ratio has to it has to be right but the point is is that there is a certain level of privilege that comes with being British and when you've lived here for a certain amount of time it's like fear of leaving this country and moving somewhere else and it's not so much the the comfort of England it's you know when it's all you know (laughs) it's like I know like I would love to raise my future kids in a different country where I know they don't have to deal with all the politics of what it means to be British but then at the same time I understand what it means to be British I know how to navigate all these systems and being in a foreign country I have to work out how to navigate those systems and then if it's a country where English isn't the um, the most spoken language, then I have to learn how to speak another language. So then there's that kind of comfort of, oh, but if I live in England, then it's kind of easier to just kind of put up with the bullshit. Don't so yeah. you think it really messes with your kind, like it can cause serious like, mental if you think about the hold yeah. that this country has on you in terms of the concept of home, because nine times out of 10, our home outside of the UK has been affected by the UK. And even if it hasn't, the fact that we live here, when we go back, it's like you said, you're the foreigner. It's like, I didn't choose to be there. I just happened to be there. And now it's, where do you belong? Well, you just remind me of several things. Um, Cause I've kind of like triangled, right? Because I was like born in Korea. Then I went to the US. I, then I guess I kind of like went back to Korea. And then I like came here. And what I'm realizing is that 
Well, first off, it's like shitty because if you're a person of color, like it's not okay. Well, to be clear, a person of color who is oh, there's a term that I can't. If you're a person of color who is like a transplant, I guess, or an expat, then you will never. White society will not consider your home to be your home or wherever you consider home, which is really shitty. But even here, like I have friends buying houses, they extensively look into the neighborhood, they scope it out to make sure it doesn't have racist potential. And you know, the other day, my friend, um, he has a mixed race child, like he encountered racism in front of his kid and his kid was seven. And like nothing prepares you for it. It's really shitty that it's something that you have to like consider uh, when you are finding a home. But one thing that I, one wrench I would like to add, because I don't want to go on for this too long, is that in my triangle experience, sure, like the U.S. does not have fine moments, but it's relatively easy to find your community. And I'm only speaking of the East Coaster and many of the West Coast. So we're not from the Midwest. They might be like, what are you talking about? You can pretty much find your community. 90% of the time people will consider you American. But then here... People will at, at the very, they like, if they know where Korea is, they understand Korea. They don't call me North Korean or South Korean, some bullshit. And they will always consider American. And what I'm, I heard this guy named, um, he's Malaysian. He's called um, Uncle, Uncle Roger. And he does like food parodies. And he said, listen, British Asians, I can't speak for British, the British black community. Although in my perspective, Sabrina, you, I, I think we talk about this in my perspective, I feel like British black communities also follow American black communities in terms of race ideals too. That's, that's just my, my experience, my conversations. I'm probably wrong, but uncle Roger was like, British Asians don't have an identity. And that's why it makes it so hard connect with other Asian communities about racism, conversations about home, making that deeper connections. Because, you know, when I'm in Boston, I'm like, can you believe this, like, discrimination or racism, whatever? Like, where do we belong? I miss kimchi. I want, like, ube desserts, whatever. Just instant connection. Truly feel like I will never find a home here in the UK unless I, this, like, British Asian-ness is figured out and I really hope so because my kid will be mixed race how the f am I gonna explain that honestly I was gonna say it's not until Claire kind of explained it that I've never you've got like a British Polish community you've got like a British Indian community but do you know when you think of a British East Asian community B-E-S-E-A it's, it's just associated <laughs> with international students for university mm. like I've never actually I've never actually kind of thought about it but when Sarah mentioned something earlier. I was gonna, this is kind of like a bit off tangent, but kind of on topic at the same time. When you're filling out kind of any kind of form and you ask for your nationality and whatnot, will it say, because I only, Black British is always near the top, so I've never actually scrolled down the <laughs> list. But apart from being Black British, is there like Indian British or Polish British? Do those actually exist? Or do they only put Black British? No, there's, there's three. Black, I, yeah, I know there's, there's Black British Caribbean, or are you Black British oh, yeah. African? And it's like, do they do that for anybody else, or is it just Black people that they make the distinction, are you Black British? No, there's South Asian and, like, Chinese, and that's it. That's but, what but, I've seen on the but, NHS. But, but, is it <laughs> but is it British Chinese? No, oh, no, no. Because <laughs> no, haven't you noticed that with Black people, it's either your... It's weird. It's like race and nationality get mixed yeah, up. Yeah, oh, for absolutely. Us it's so noticeable. They don't. It's like I could be 
black Chinese. I actually have a fr- I have a friend. If you put in black Chinese, that, and it's <laughs> other. It's like if you put other, then it, that's other ring. Manny, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Do you know when it's like that's, <laughs> no, where, that's where that's where the confusion comes because it's like is this race or is it nationality or are you just blurring? Are you no, blurring let lines? love be love between yeah. other communities? Because then if I was because then if I was to say I'm black Chinese, does that mean I was black and I was born and bred in China, or does it mean that I'm half black, half Chinese? Uh, I I would say race and ethnicity. Bit. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of sociological stuff, and I've written about it earlier in my career. Um, but they are relatively the same. Nationality and race are the same thing. They were both they're both social constructs, and they came out of the same era as colonialism, the birth of the nation state and and race. So they go hand in hand um, to build walls. So we can separate each other from us and them. Yeah. Sorry, that's just me and it, that's my little sociological analysis of stuff. No, yeah. but it's true. It's like the prime example is the fact that we have to tick boxes about it. Well, I mean, the tick boxes are weird too, because that's UK specific, like in the States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the States is the different the census categories uh, are way different. Like if you're like if you're, I think if you're from Lebanon, you be uh, like they define what white is in in the states and the census categories. And if you're like some places from the Middle East, you're considered white. Whereas in in the mm. UK, it would that that wouldn't that wouldn't go. Yeah, yeah. there's only like yeah, you're t- there's three under uh, on the, in the census categories for black. There's black African, black Caribbean, and black other. Yeah, mm. and then and then China, and then they have the British Asian. But that's uh, Pakistani, British Indian, and British Bangladeshi. Chinese has its own category, and so like if you look at if you look at the census categories for UK, that's quite specific. Like no <laughs> othering. Yeah, yeah, and, then, and so like where's your home in your census category? But like when we talk about like this British Asianness that Claire mentioned, it was just it kind of tripped me up because. There's a hierarchy if in the states and Claire, you may know this as well. In the states, there's a hierarchy in terms of Asian Americanness. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have so like usually the Filipinos and the Laosians, we're we're at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Asian American bit. Yeah, yeah? Uh, and uh, so and and some folks, yeah. So because I, I grew up in the in, in the states and I'm Filipino, we we kind of like straddle like the latino and the asian because of our the spanish colonization as well as yeah. where are we really asian because like <laughs> my the, my my chinese and korean friends don't consider me asian <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's just my experience claire it may be different for you but like all <laughs> oh, the east coast I, it was all like asian people like versus white people honestly oh, right word okay okay we all okay. hung out <laughs> No, I, I grew up near a U.S. military base, so that was the reason why there's so Oh, you live in a cul-de-sac. You told us. Yeah, so, like, we knew where the, you know, I knew the Korean, where the Korean folks were at, and knew where the Chinese folks were at, knew where the Laosians, the Vietnamese, we all, we all had our separate little, it was so diverse, but we also knew where our ethnic, ethnic homes were at, <laughs> for good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> We knew our place without being controversial. We've laughed and joked about kind of like the displacement at home and everything. But we can actually, to some degree, say we came from this place, even though we might have moved about and the place which we are from might have been chopped and changed. We can say that maybe not exactly there, but somewhere about there we came from. And we know to some degree kind of the root. 
if we look at that kind of bringing it back to, to unfortunately bringing it back to race can white people pinpoint an exact location and say the origins of the people apart from what we know from english history which was taught in like well what i was taught in school to do with the world war ones world war twos king henry the eighth and all of that if you was to really go through that history with a magnifying glass people of color had a very large influence on kind of how things were developed and progressed over time is like what can what can be claimed that wasn't stolen it's a, it's a trip you mentioned that sabrina because like when i think of the british identity the british identity is, is like in, in the teaching of history like there's like these folk when you when you go back about who actually who actually came into england prior to like the whole idea of of Britishness and like I, there's all these folks in history like Huguenots I go where are Huguenots you know I'm talking Huguenots I go where where are these people but you know like they were they came into like England like I go but where are these people <laughs> like, wait did you get this from the citizenship test because I had to learn it. they're like French or something right <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if I got it from the citizenship oh, test. Okay, I, never... I went to school here and I don't know who, what the hell the who get what the, <laughs> who are they <laughs> yeah yeah like you know like I knew you know like the Saxons I mean but like it's a multicultural, like, there's all these different people that made up England or, you know, Britain. And it's funny that you mentioned the citizenship test because, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, not many people could pass it. <laughs> I feel like if they made the majority of the people born and bred in the UK take the citizenship test, they would figure out, they would have to work out where to deport us to because <laughs> nobody, I know hands down that anybody I went to school with wouldn't be able to complete the citizenship test. Because just hearing people that have completed the test and what they've said on it, I'm like, oh my God. When I had my passport, my mom told me that they were going to do some kind of little citizenship test on me. I was stressing out thinking, I'm not going to get a passport. I can't go on holiday because I don't know nothing about the UK. I didn't even know where to start, like trying to fake research or do something. The most I could do was just learn what the Queen's full name was and where when she came into power and just say a little prayer. Because I just thought, I, I know nothing of this country and I don't care to know anything about this country unless it has an impact on myself. But I think there's a reason that we, if we, if we really knew what was up with this country, I, I question whether we could exist as a country if we knew the true history of this country. The systems like, that are the systems that are holding it together would collapse, and I think yeah. it would. Do you know when we say that certain areas need like a systemic overhaul, like the whole system needs to be uprooted? But we all know realistically that you can't uproot uproot a whole system like if we were to tackle HA like we know that it would be a mammoth job to kind of weed out everything that goes wrong in that environment if we were to learn the history of the UK it would make every single system that we know today as the foundation of the UK would collapse <laughs> I mean I think the country would collapse if they changed the national anthem <laughs> I mean when I think about I mean like the I don't know if Claire when you were a kid that you if you ever did the Pledge of Allegiance as a so we would do the Pledge of Allegiance every day at school, you know, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And that was like a concoction um, in the 1920s in response to the, the loads of immigrants that were coming in through New York. So in order to create a sense of identity and hom homogenize a, a diverse population, they created that narrative and that prayer. Uh, for the flag in order to create hom hom a sense of sameness within within the country. And I think 
the reason why we're taught a, our children are taught a particular thing or have learned a particular thing of history and curriculum is to to remember stuff but also to forget stuff at the same time that's what history does like in order to remember you have to forget and a lot of stuff that create <laughs> that makes this country is uh wealthy and and, and white supremacists is the stuff they want to forget and sweep it under the rug like it didn't exist like we weren't part of the slave trade and and, and all that kind of stuff sorry i just went there but <laughs> no i mean inevitably we were right but as we wrap yeah. up uh, we just want to ask you so do you i well i mean the concept of home is difficult as we have just discussed <laughs> but do you consider yourself british what identity do you identify with when you think of home flip so that's moment <laughs> of silence i just did <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there was a moment of silence. I, I, when I, whenever they, whenever I disclose to like my students, I don't disclose that I'm British. I disclose to I got a British passport. Like mm. I got a piece. I got the certificate that allows me in and out of borders of of uh, this um, the board. You know the valley past the bordering bit. What I usually say uh, is that I, I, I'm, I was born and raised in California. That's, uh, that if someone says where are you from, I would say I'm born and raised in California. So that so then that kind of hopefully that could trigger some folks based on the history if they know California history. And if you got I'm, I'm a, I'll, for for the for the sake of our listeners, California was colonized through the Spanish first. Uh, there was an indigenous <laughs> population. We do land acknowledgments, then the Spanish, and then the Spanish got kicked out by the Mexicans. So California used to be part of Mexico. Uh, America did the, their manifest destiny bit and kicked out the Mexicans and massacred loads of people. And well, anyways, that, that was my little, see how I do American history in like in like three seconds. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, actually. I mean, that yeah. is what happened in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of home, I would say, I think, if someone, what was your? If I got your question right, Claire, if I remember right, where you? Isn't not where you're from, but where do you consider home? I have to say, um, home is home, like home physically or geo geography. I'm from, I'm from California, just because of my accent and how mm. how I embody life. But home presently would be Sheffield, England, geographically. I would like to say, I would like to, you know, but. You can't really do that in small talk. If we, if I wanted to, if some like some stranger I meet at a party or at a wedding, whatever goes, where, you know, where you're from, I can't say. Actually, home is like in terms of my relationships <laughs> when I'm with my mother and I have that hug. That was home. You know, I can't. You know, you can't do that in small talk. You got to say <laughs> the geography bit. So I would like to say that kind of stuff. That would be really cool too. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> what's what's the 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 whole flow that uh, Sarah shared earlier about what home is? Well, do you would you also call like the Philippines the motherland? Like when you say you're visiting, I I am like although I've been you know that that's my cousins live my family live there. I can't say it's home because like an imposter saying that Philippines mm -hmm. was my home. Yeah, because even when I'm there, as I said, when even when I'm there and I not even speaking, so. By speaking, then you, they know whether or not you're you're from the Philippines more most definitely. But the way you move and you interact, your body language shows you that you're a foreigner. Like th they don't point the way that we point. Just like, you know, like <laughs> I'm pointing at the screen. They don't do that. Like they use different hand gestures and and body movements to show that you're a foreigner. Yeah, yeah. I would feel like I'm a, I'll be an imposter. So no, I mean I know like folks identify with quote unquote the motherland, but I I I, I never. 
I never have done not because I don't want it to be. It's just that because I've been there and I've, I lived there off and on, like every other summer when I was a child, like I, I know that I'm othered there as well. Although, I mean, the what you know, the racism doesn't, the racism plays out differently there, but you'll still, you, you still feel the heat of, uh, of what white supremacy has done through like 400 years of colonialization where skin whitener is a, is a thing and, and anything associated, the lighter the skin, the darker the skin and all that kind of stuff. So you still feel the impact there. Um, but I can never say it's like the motherland or the home or I need to return back. I, uh, no, that it, it, I've always been, I've been other there, I've been other than California. Other than Hall, I was other than Halden when I lived there and, and I'm still being othered here. And I guess it's one of those little conversations that, well, I have at home, I'm doing quote fingers here, like at home where I'm going to have to have that conversation with my children, you know, like what, what is home and all that kind of stuff where we touched on today. So, um, which shouldn't be scary because this is, it shouldn't be scary. It should be like an empowering, an empowering chat or empowering talk throughout uh, their childhood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Maybe that's another topic or theme that we can discuss maybe in the future episode. Oh my gosh. Thank you. So, okay. First of all, thank you so, so much. I mean, your perspective is such an interesting one. And we certainly have like many avenues of like where to talk about this. And I personally feel like this is just such an ongoing topic and it's just so interesting. I feel like it's only recently, I feel like I have the space to even like talk about this and it's like, you know, why, why is it so complicated? I feel like it shouldn't be, but then there's like good old racism. Yeah. Um, because the way it's just, they, it, you know, the positive and all and, and, and the good stuff from it, it's just being taken away, being stripped uh, of all its goodness. It, it, it's, yeah, it's just it's not, it's not a nice thing, particularly when it's about hope. Yeah. <laughs> don't take my hope away. What's that I'm Beyonce not- song? Don't take my don't take my soul. What was oh, oh, the new one? It's like that dance kind of song. Yeah, what is it? With the, the, don't take my soul away, or don't I forget what the, the title of the song is? Yeah. Thanks so much, Manny, for joining us again on our episode, and I hope you are rocking up to that Beyonce song. <laughs>